Yo, yo, this is Jason Goff from the Full Go Podcast. Me and the crew, we like to entertain you. And we're going to do more of that this football season because the Bears should be more intriguing. There should be more fascination. Justin Fields, is this the make or break year? Is DJ Moore the piece that's going to put them over the top? You can catch us on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays or when we have an emergency podcast when we have breaking news. Make sure you follow the Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. You hear the music, you know what time it is, what's popping? Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. We're starting season four. It's been a while since I've seen you, bud. How you doing? How's it going? We're back. I am well. It was a good summer, albeit a, a quick one. Um, congratulations to you, my brother. I think that is the most important transformative um, summer for your yeah. boy. Yeah, we'll dog, leave it congrats. at that. But it was it was a it was a, it was a vibe. It was a great congrats. summer, man. It's good to be back yeah, though. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. Virgo boys in the building though. That's where we're sure. at. You sure. know what I mean? What's up, man? How was your eight weeks? What'd you do? How what were you at? What was going on? Let's see. What did I do? I chased um I chased children across the country, man. It was a big summer for for my oldest Dia with uh with um football camps and uh, at different universities. So we spent the lion's share of like June flying around to different things. I took Ty with me on a couple. Ty was uh live period for basketball. So when Dia was off. You know, I was trying to get to tie stuff it, it, in different places in different states. And then uh, my younger two uh, were were camping and, and trying to get as much time as we could in the pool with them, dog. And, and then, it, then it was time to go back to school. At what point is a dad, right? Because, you know, I hopefully be a dad one day. What, what point of it is a dad where it's like, it's is it like when you're doing these things, when you're on break, how what is the cadence? How are we doing this? Is it like, okay, we're off, we're off, we're off. Now we're chasing kids. And then like maybe I have two days of just like chill time throughout the whole time that I wasn't expecting. And then we ramp up for school year. How does this work? What what was the what is the what is summer camp vibe like for Ra Ra? We <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, the, the most significant part is like you don't have that 6 30 a.m. wake up call for school. You know, yeah. like that's that's yeah. the thing that they, that you can really grab onto. The rest of it is kind of you know, you fall into a regular rhythm, like, boom, you're up. You got a camp drop off. Like, you know, you got another camp drop off. Somebody's got to work out. We got to get them to that. Dia didn't drive yet. So 
you know, like I get him to a practice or a workout. Ty's got one. So the most of our meet the wife for maybe a lunch date. You know what I mean? Like by the time the lunch date's over, it's time for the first pickup. By the time you're done with the second pickup, you're on to three and four. Then everybody got practices at night. So we find ourselves basically in the same swing. And Damn. the crazy part is the rhythm is like, it's, 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 you get so accustomed to it that when we find ourselves with those days that you're talking about with nothing to do. Yeah. We're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I know. Like, wait a minute. I don't, I, I know. don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> it was funny, bro. Cause I, I, um, I took my first like extended vacation of my career this, this summer. Right. Um, went to, uh, to like Europe and, got to see like Barcelona and, and, and Italy and Greece and all these places. And it was the first time where I didn't have that, right. Where you're just like across the world. And that's, but that feeling that you have is just such an interesting feeling. Cause you're like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta do these things. And then you sit still and you're like, well, how do I do that? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> What's going on? What the fuck is going my, on? My, my wife and I was like, we, neither one of us remembers what, what a trip like you just described was with, with you and, 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 and someone else. Like we don't even remember what that was. Like, what do you, what would we have done with literally nothing to do? Like we, it's hard for us to even wrap our minds around that at this point. Yeah. Also, Europe was great, but I need all my uh, European ruins. I'm gonna need y'all to like fix the practice of like putting two beds together and calling it a queen <laughs> or king size bed. And on top of that, I'm gonna need y'all to just like, cause like y'all got money out there. Y'all know what it is. Y'all y'all got bread. Y'all can do this. Like that. There's no excuse for not having for having two beds and 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 the two beds going together sink to the floor. We, there's mm. no reason. Like, come mm. on, like. Hmm. Let's let's they're, come on, guys. They're not even, That's we're all not I even have to say. We're not even tethering them together. Like they're just going to slide apart in the middle. That's it, what we're doing. Basically, you know, mm. you roll around ones. You have a. It's like you're on an island. That's basically <sighs> what it is. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh man! Speaking of you know resting and load management, let's get into the first uh, segment of the came new out year. High. Hey man, hey, I'm locked in, dog. So. This season, or the, going into this season, the NBA has put together a new set of rules on load management um, that affect a, a plethora of players where, uh, I think it was on Wednesday, the Board of Governors approved a new player participation policy, mm -hmm. which will fine teams for resting stars in certain situations. How do they determine who was a star? The criteria is simple. If you've been named to an all-star team and are all-NBA team in the past three seasons, you are a star in the eyes of the NBA. And according to this list compiled by OG Kerm, there are 49 stars, players that are, that are, uh, that are designated as stars across the league. And um, there's, a, there's a lot of things. You can't, they don't want people to sit, two stars to sit out at a time. They, the league does not want specifically to the Dame Lillard, um, uh, Dame Lillard. I guess, I guess you can call it Dame Lillard rule. I'm calling it the Dame Lillard rule because it happened last year when, uh, you know, they sit him out for the, the Blazers sit him out for what they deem as a calf injury, but it's really, everyone knew it is really just shutting a guy down for the rest of the season. So to improve a team's draft stock, um, but though they're, they're going to discourage that and find teams heavily. Um, if, if, if these, these, uh, transgressions happen, Raja, is this a fair system? Uh, do we tweak the rules? How do we feel about this? Um, 
from what is our official stance as real ones about this, Rara? Um, for me, it's TBD. I think um, gonna have to kind of watch this and see how it affects uh, the product before I could give you like a a, a real assessment of 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 the rules uh, themselves. Like I, I I understand, you know that that I understand that that uh, you know the impetus and where these rules, you know, the genesis of where they came from, right? Like, and this is always kind of the 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 game that the NBA is playing like it while it is sport right like and it is you know the best players on the planet and we're trying to win an NBA championship and winning 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 but it, it, it's it's also a an entertainment you know product and so when you're sitting out people to chase these these championships and there's and everyone's catching on and now everyone's going to do it to give themselves the best chance at it it's affecting you know viewership it's affecting you know people that are spending all this money to buy seats at games to see their favorite players and they're not playing and so now you started to affect the entertainment value and what you're trying to sell and so you know you do have to put some parameters in place to 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 try to guard against you know mass scale star sitting on nationally televised major matchups that you've sold to these networks i get it um, I, but as I asked you, as I was going through some of them, like, I, I don't know how you, how you can for 100% tell Damian Lillard that his calf doesn't hurt or tell the Blazers that that is not a real calf injury. Like, I, you know what I mean? I've had plenty of injuries where a doctor has said, no, he's good to go. And I go out there and I'm like, I'm not, I don't know what, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I was, but I'm not good to go. And so there are some gray areas that I'll have to just watch to see, you know, how they play out before I can give you a fair assessment on 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 what the rules look like. My read on this is pretty simple. I think that this is just a, a classic case of when commerce and commerce and like vibes come together and they, there's the fight between that, right? Where mm -hmm. obviously teams want to win a title and they want to make sure that their best players are healthy for the times when they need to win a title. But like, I'm going to be honest, over the last few years, even just covering the league, um, you know, because I, I don't travel as much as I used to. I don't get to see these players as much as I used to. Um, and as a, a, a birth, someone who covers a league and a fan of just basketball in general, sometimes it sucks when Team X comes and they, the, the star that you only see once a year comes to town and they're sitting out. You just happen to be on the back-to-back, -back, especially for like, you know, being on the West Coast and you seeing those East Coast teams, right? I remember, um, either, I think it was last year or the year before, like Giannis, Giannis, who we have talked about and we're probably going to talk about under different circumstances in the next segment. But in, in this context, Giannis is like, we've talked about this over the, the uh, last few years. He is on my list of team, of players that I got to see when he's when he's anywhere near. Right. And you only get to see him once a year. If you're lucky, I mean, you're in the Bay, you get to drive up to sack. Maybe you see him have a chance to see him twice a year. But if there was a couple years ago, he he didn't play like the like two or the last three years um, when he when they come to the Bay. And it's like, damn, like I, I want to see him play basketball. And it's 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 tough. It's a tough balance that you need to have. But I get it from the league's perspective. Yo, man, like you guys are the you are how we sell this league and how we are able to make these contracts happen. And also like that little kid that is in wherever, right? He's in Texas. She's in Michigan. They're in Florida. Like these people, you know, want to see these teams invest in the league, but it's, it's, it's really heartbreaking when they're when they come to the arena, no less. And it's announced that their favorite player ain't going to be there or is just going to be on the bench. That's tough.
especially if it doesn't feel like they're actually injured. And I know there's a nuance to that as well, Ra, because these players are human beings and have injuries. And that's just, it's just a, it's a, a nuanced balance that, that is tough to like kind of maneuver through. Yeah, I think that's, it's well put. Um, you know, there is a responsibility from, from your stars, the people that drive the league, um, the people, quite frankly, that are the most handsomely rewarded outside of the owners. Um, it, there's a responsibility for them to put out the product that, that the fans want to see and that people expect and the network's paid for. Um, and they've got to share in the responsibility accordingly, right? Like, so, so that's your job. Not only is it to go out there and play and try to win championships, but it's, it's to be the face of this thing. Um, you know, again, I, it, you ju- there are just some blind spots. There's some places th- that this could go that that I'll just have to. It's, it will be TBD because again, um, I'm I'm a star. I've I've missed I don't know whatever amount of games. I'm up against it. Like it, it, we have a nationally televised game, and while I'm not injured, I'm saying to you, hey, look, I don't feel great. Like I don't know what it is. And and if if you haven't been an athlete like uh, playing a probably college level schedule in high school. I won't count that like a college level schedule and maybe college. Cause there's so much rest won't count either. Like, like semi pro where, where, where you're traveling a lot and you're playing multiple games in a week. And you know, y- you can feel that your body is not right. Like it doesn't have to be an injury. You can just kind of say, I know my body well enough. Hey, something's not right. And so like, let's say I'm in a situation like that where I'm not injured, but I'm telling the training staff and the coach like, Hey man, I, just, I don't like, I just don't feel right. No, I'm not injured, but I'm, I got a mandated play that night because of these new rules. And I go out there and blow a, a hamstring or a groin. You know what I mean? Like there, this is going to have to, you're going to have to probably tweak this. I would imagine a few times. Cause there are going to be some things that pop up where you're like, Hey man, that's not in anyone's best interest for that outcome to have, to have taken place. It's an evolution of the league. It's an evolution of the players in the league. And it's also an evolution of just like how we think about just the medical side of the league, right? Over the summer, I was reading, uh, I read Jeff Perlman's winning time and also read his, uh, three ring circus, which was really good. You also check those two books out, but, and, and, um, and, uh, not winning time, uh, Showtime, excuse me. Showtime talking about the the 80s Lakers. And when you read about the 80s Lakers, you see just how different the league was in the 80s, right? Where a guy like Larry Bird, who has chronic back issues, right, just continues to play on these, on these, on this terrible back. Mm-hmm. Where a career that probably like I'm sure Larry Bird looks at LeBron, who's played 20 some years, it doesn't seem to be stopping. Um and he's like, damn, I wish I could have had those medical advancements, right? And a lot of those medical advancements is like, hey, prioritize rest when you can. Like, make sh- if you have to sit out a game that's very much inconsequential on the, the, you know, I don't have to explain this to you more so to the listenership where guys, a lot of these injuries happen on stresses on the body, right? Where you're just playing so much and your muscles are fatigued, your bones are fatigued, and you go out, that's how you pull hamstrings or tear hamstrings or tear uh, mm-hmm. certain things in your body because um, these, because it's just the stress on your body. Like I think about Kobe's run in 2013 where he was playing like 40 something minutes a game in his mid thirties and he tears his Achilles. Like, of course that was going to happen. Just the stress you put on your body. I, I don't know. And I'm going to say this. I don't think that this rest policy is the answer, Raja. And honestly, I think the answer is something that people aren't going to. I know players will will agree with this 
at least in theory, but I don't think ultimately will ever happen, but is to play less games. It maybe like go down to 75 or something like that and make sure you actually have. And I know that the league has built in parts in the schedule where you can have rest and days off. That doesn't, it, it, you don't really have those days off. It's not a substantial enough amount of time to really, exactly. to really, to really so like, th- like I think that that would work though. Like, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen because of money and all those things. But I think le- playing less games in a, in a shorter schedule will actually help the game in the long run. Well, you're 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 right on on a few fronts. Like you're you're right in that you know, like yes, the, I, I ideally the NBA you know schedule is shorter. You can't do that, right? But seventy five isn't the number. Seventy five doesn't appreciably affect it. It's like sixty, mm. right? Like twenty games, like twenty yeah. games, like sixty, sixty two, sixty five, something, something in there. Like that's a good, that's a good sweet number where you've been able to stretch it out and you're getting considerably more rest. Like, um, you know, that, so so you're right, but but that you know that can't happen. I think. Players understand, you know, and the, the players understand at the root of players what this is all about, right? Like, look, as much as we want to make it about something else, it's just about money. LeBron, KD, all everybody can tell you it's about championships. This shit's about money. It's a job. Like, it's a job. Like they, can, you know, what I mean, like, like once we get to a certain amount of money, then we can prioritize something else. But the reality is, you know, brothers play the sport a for the love and b because hey, man, we this is a big check at the end of the rainbow if we could get to it. So, so having said that, you understand that to make that go, you know, there are responsibilities. Like we have to be out there. We have to be putting the show on. Like we have to be accessible to the fans. Now, some, some people, you know, understand it more and do a better job of it. And, and, you know, that's not different than any other walk of life. But the reality is most people understand that. But what's happened is once ownership, you know, got a sniff of, hey man, I can, I can increase my odds of winning a championship by 0.7%, you know, and mitigate the risk of injury to my star by 0.7% if we rest him X amount of days. Whoever brought that into the equation and did that math, and then from ownership and the medical staffs, it trickled down to the players, and then it, it, then it bore fruit. Like, people won the championships. People weren't injured. Other teams who saw the injury happen because they didn't subscribe to that. Not, then Now it's in the players' heads, right? But like, I think if I, if to, to make my point, players get it. Like you've kind of let the cat out of the bag by allowing them to part, participate in this and, and showing them, you know, that this, this is the best way to the championship. But like, you know, at the, at the root of it, I think players don't have a problem participating in, 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 in making the league as great and as, as entertaining and as marketable as possible. Um, but ideally, yes, less games would, would, would solve the problem. They just can't do that. Well, here's another thing. And you even just touched on it for just like even a brief second. There's a new TV deal that, are, that the, the NBA is trying to negotiate. And this current deal ends after next season. The it's 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 a little also bit and let's just be honest, it's a bit performative because the league wants to show the people that are going to be buying into this league. I think there was a report in CNBC a few months ago that they want seventy five billion for a new rights package. It's a lot of fucking money that'll trickle down to these players and all these things. But in order to secure the bag from, you know, as streaming comes into focus, as, you know, these new even these legacy networks that want to get back in like an NBC or somebody like that. The league needs to be like, hey, man, we're making strides. Like, I understand. I know you guys have been pissed off about low management. We are making strides to to mitigate that problem. Right. Or even if it's in the short term of doing that. Right. Like 
like even when we see another thing, what do we see every like three years? The NBA is cutting down on flopping. We're cutting down on this every like three to five years. They do that. Right. Just to just to shake things up and show like, hey, we're serious about this. Right. Like, can you can you ultimately curtail flopping? Will it can you ultimately do it? Probably not. You know, but you got to at least give the illusion that you're doing something. And I think that the league more than anything wants to show the the fan base, but also these TV partners who are trying to throw bags at the league. Hey, we got this under control. He was raised under David Stern. Like that's a page right out of the David Stern playbook, right? Like Adam Silver. Yes. Yeah. He was yep. his right hand man. He was groomed. Like that's his, that's his yep. guy. So like that's, yeah, yes. I'm a, I'm definitely going to come down on that so that I can, you know, sell. Um, but flopping is subjective. You know, that's something that, that, you know, I could always say, hey, but, you know, you think it's a flop, not really a flop. Like, we, it's, hard to, it's hard to determine definitively whether that's a flop or not, right? But, like, you're going to see when a guy, like, misses a game or doesn't miss a game. That's definite. But don't you think it's a little bit more nuanced, though, with that, Raja? Because we just talked about it at the beginning of this segment where you're, you're, at, you're, you're asking the question, are you really hurt? Which is also a bit more nuanced, too. You can also just be like, yeah, I'm hurt, right? Or, like, how do you, how do you police against that? Well, I don't know. And that's why I'm, that's why it's TBD, right? Because again, like when, when, when that happens that whether it's, Hey, you can't tell me that I'm not injured. So I am sitting him out tonight. Like there's no way that you as a league can determine whether or not he's injured. So I'm going to sit him. And that breaks the, the, the actual, you know, mandate or rule, you know, now you're into this TBD area for me where how's that handled, dude? Like, cause once one of them does it, now are we right back? Are we right back? Was this all performative? Was it all just for show? Like, are there any teeth to this? You know, and I'm not advocating for that, but I just need to see how it shakes out. Like, I got to see how these rules play themselves out. You know, over the course of a season. For the most part, in my generation, you played you played 82 games unless you were hurt, right? Like that was your mindset coming in. I'm playing 82 unless I'm hurt. And then at the end of the season, if we have a playoff position wrapped up and we're seated and that's locked, I might get the last two or three games off. You might, you might like in a lot of instances you didn't, but that was where your mind was at. Like, and when, when ownership and medical staffs started bringing, Hey man, we're going to rest. And I was in offices. Like I was with the Cavs when we'd have these conversations, David Griffin would tell me, Hey, you're going to tell LeBron that he's resting in Indiana. Well, how was that for LeBron? It was like, was because Le- LeBron's like tears between both of those eras, right? Like he started in the era where you played 82 games and now he's kind of like helped usher in this new load management era. Was it like, oh, what the fuck? I'm sitting out. Or was it like, okay, I got you? No, he was he was kind of like, yeah, I got it. Okay, bet. Um, I don't remember exactly how they handled him in Miami, but I do remember how the Spurs were handling themselves against Miami and they were already kind of doing it. So I think, you know, LeBron had just kind of like, he was watching, you know, he was understanding his body that year when he came back to Cleveland was the year that he had gone vegan, I guess in the summer and his body hadn't responded the way he thought it would. And he came out of the gates kind of slow individually that year. So like there were a lot of things that factored into him having, I mean, there was no resistance from, from his camp. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he felt fresher and his body, you know, withstood the, the 82 to 100 games better than it had in the past. So now you're like, okay, well, this is where we are now. So while players, yeah, we're resistant to, we're resistant to the change. Like we didn't start to change. Like it wasn't necessarily yeah. us. You know what I mean? Like y'all changed it. And now this is that's, what we're that's used so to. That's so interesting. Cause I didn't really think of it like that. Right. Like, 
it was it it was it was a lot of it was the medical staffs too right like was it yeah. wasn't just because like you guys are creatures i didn't even think about that i thought it was just like one of those things but like no it's it's the rise of analytics let's be honest it's the rise of that it's the rise of you know just like just more sophisticated ways of being team doctors right and i'm not saying there's anything wrong there's nothing wrong with that but it's just it was a more sophistication to the medical stuff because i look back at like winning time there's like one dude <laughs> like there's one person that is like taping and doing all this shout out gary vitti who like held it down for a long <laughs> shout out to gary vitti but like medical staffs were just like one like person and now it's this whole thing. There's partnerships with hospitals. There's all these different things and how you just even like take care of the players. So that rise has helped as well. Yeah, your sports science and sports performance, like the, the those components have come just so far. I think I've referenced this before, but uh, uh, allow me. Like uh, I, I just, you know, I had been out of the league roughly two years and when I went back to Cleveland. I think two, three years, maybe something like that. Not, not, not a ton of time. Right. So it wasn't like a, a decade. Um, and what the, this, the situation that I had left, you know, a few years before that was Phoenix. And we were like cutting edge with like, like the, uh, training staff, like Aaron Nelson and company at the time were rehabbing careers Y'all and bringing got people Shaq back from the, right. Yeah. When he like got this traded, is, this is what that was. And so, you know, when I went to Utah with all due respect, I took a step back from that, right? So like, you know, I had seen the good, I had seen like somebody that was lagging behind. And so now I'm in Cleveland, like three years later, and I get approached by our sports science guy. He was, you know, an Australian dude who put out all these, you know, um, spreadsheets up for all of us in the front office to look at. And I was like, what am I, what am I looking at? And this, these were the analytics on everyone's body, everyone's, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. And so I was kind of fascinated. I was like, this is cool, but I didn't know the depths of it. So I went to ask him, I was like, Hey man, so like explain to me how this works. He was like, well, here's the plan. Let's say we have Logan. Um, and we've got like a, a, a four day break, but right before the break, we had played four games in seven nights. So, you know, from this data that we've taken from this chest strap that he's wearing, here's where he's at physically. So from that, we're able to kind of, you know, construct a plan for Logan for those four days off that will have him where we think optimum is when it's time to play. So day one might be, you know, low volume, low intensity, meaning he's not going to go hard and he's not going to go for long. You know, day two might be, you know, high intensity. So he'll go really hard, low volume, right? So not a lot of work, but we're going to ramp him up and we're going to get his heart rate because we have these monitors and stuff on him and we could tell how fast he's moving. You know, day three might be, and, and, you know, as an athlete, you're always thinking the day before you need to rest, but they've got it down to a science. So day three might be, hey, high intensity, high volume. We're going to work his ass off and we're going to work him for an hour and a half. Like, and then day four, the last day before the rest might be like medium, medium. And then we think he's going to be at optimum level on game night. I was fucking blown away. I was like, what? Like, nah, man, I just go in and shoot until I feel good. And, and that's how I get ready. And he's like, no, nah, that's not how this works. Nah. No. Nah, this is dialed in, brother. I was like, wow, that that's crazy. And that was in a three-year span. And that was, I mean, almost a decade ago now. So I couldn't even imagine where they're at at this point. How do you like gauge being in shape in the league, right? Like we're going, we're going in training camp is starting in like a week or two, or depending on the team. But how do you like determine you're in the right shape for basketball? And like how when you're talking about the process you just laid out. 
how do you like gauge that when you're going hard on these other things and these other and on these one days and then on the other days you're not going as hard and then like you're I'm sure you're a little scared like when I get to game I'm not going to be ready like how do you gauge being in shape as an athlete especially around this time of year look all I had to go off of was how my body felt there was no science there were no monitors like I went off of how I looked in the mirror like, am I losing weight? Am I gaining weight? Do I look heavy in my midsection? Like, have I lost some muscle in my my upper body? Like, man, I gotta get back in the weight room. Do my legs feel heavy? Do they feel bouncy? You know what I mean? Do I am I am I slugging around? Like, that's and that's how I based it. Like, I had no idea what the fuel I put in my body, how that affected it. Um, you know, I was I was a willing participant in the weight room, but but I wasn't like dedicated to my body in a way that would have probably allowed me to to play for longer. So you know, I was literally just out there like I was in high school or college. Yeah, like, yeah, man, I feel pretty good. If if I don't, I'll lift a couple of weights. If I if I do, maybe I'll take the day off. I can only do this. I told you about Cleveland. Let me tell you about my my son Dia, who who plays football in high school now. This is a high school athlete. Like, you know, because of what I've learned, like these kids' diets, like I'm on top of that. So that's my that's my realm. So they're making we're making sure they get you know everything they need. They're taking shit with them to school to supplement, like for stuff they need. He gets pulled out of school two times a week, not missing classes, mind you. Like he's got a big gap in his schedule at lunch and he's got an independent period right after lunch. So he's got about two and a half hour window where I could grab him, take him to get his scraping, his cupping, his stretching, like his cryotherapy, everything he needs. Two days a week, dog. This is a this is a cat in high school. We didn't even know like, what the fuck that was like what? 10 years ago. We didn't Bro, even know what cryo and all that shit was, and fucking cupping. We didn't know what the hell that was. Didn't even know. I didn't know what an ice tub was. Then he'll come home and he'll be like, yo, I could I could use you know an ice bath. Like So we'll run to the store, grab a bunch of ice bags and put them in an ice tub. I didn't know what an ice tub was until I was a pro. I ain't never right. seen one. And that, and it would always be like the thing of where you're like you're roasting the OGs like fuck you got an ice bag in for yeah, look at this old, this old ass dude in the tub yeah man. exactly on, that's man. that's it that was and then the evolution five years later you're the old ass dude in the tub I love the tub <laughs> have a beer in the tub <laughs> speaking of stars that ha- are indecisive our next segment is going to talk about one of them. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we are back. We're talking about Giannis Adetokounmpo. I didn't think we were going to talk about him. Like, I know he said some stuff recently um, just about, 
his, you know, his free agency, his pre-agency, whatever you want to call it. I didn't think we were going to talk about like much of it until like later in the year when he popped off again. But like he's just going on podcasts and he's talking about um, his future. Um, I believe this is the Believe podcast uh, where he says, I'm a Milwaukee Buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien trophy, I have to take that better situation. He said this in a Bucks shirt, by the way. Um, and this is after, about a month after, he told the New York Times, I got to get the quote here. There will never be any hard feelings with the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe that we've had 10 unbelievable years and there's no doubt I gave everything for the city of, my, of Milwaukee. Everything, every single night, even when I'm hurt. I'm a Milwaukee Buck. I bleed green. I know this. This is my team and it's forever going to be my team. I don't forget people that were there for me and allowed me to be great and to showcase who I am to the world and give me the platform. But we have to win another one. At the end of the day, being a winner, it's over that goal. Winning a championship comes first. I don't want to be 20 years on the same team and don't win another championship. That was via the New York Times last month. And I just gave you the quote that came out on the podcast where mm. he says he is a Milwaukee Buck, but a winner first. Could, could you go back to the New York Times quote, just the beginning of it and read the beginning of it again? I want to see if he used past tense in like... Uh, oh, yeah, said, yeah, I, I will I do gave. that again. Mind you, this is Giannis Adetokounmpo, who, uh, has a, who has two years left on his contract um, and a player option for the 2025-26 season as an unrestricted free agent in 2026. The quote that he said to the New York Times, there will never be hard feelings with the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe that we've had 10 unbelievable years and there's no doubt I gave everything for the city of Milwaukee. Everything. Okay. Every single night, We're even good. when I'm hurt. Okay, I think we got the gist of it, right? Yep, yep, yep. He's moving... He moving like he got one foot out the door, Raja. I'm just going to be honest with you. You don't talk like this. And I will say this, right? He is kind of, Giannis, in the way, he's kind of going the KD route, right? Where in the beginning of the season, beginning of his career, he had this era of like, oh, I'm going to be at this. I'm, at least he's saying these things of, I'm going to be in this one place for this amount of time. I'm going to be here. I plan on playing my career here. And then it kind of starts to shift every once in a while. But there were whispers back in 2019 that if they didn't win a title, now he didn't outright say it. Like I think Malika Andrews had uh, reported this after the 2019 uh, postseason. Got a lot of shit for it, by the way, of saying if Giannis doesn't win a title or his team isn't competing for titles, he's trying to bounce, right? Yeah. And it's this has always been the threat of Giannis other teams probably trying to get his services and other, um, you know, him just not knowing if he's going to be in Milwaukee for that long, right? And there's precedent for this, right? Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in the same scenario decades ago, right? Where he's played in Milwaukee. Obviously, it was different circumstances, but he was one of those guys that was a generational talent and ended up wanting to leave. And it seems like Giannis is trying to have a soft landing for an eventual departure from Milwaukee, right? He's already hedging like, Hey, I did all this stuff for the city. Remember, because I'm about to leave. That's the, mm -hmm. that's the impression that I'm getting raw. Uh, yeah, he is definitely giving off those vibes. I don't think there's any other way to slice that. I, I just, after I asked you to like, tell me what tense he used the, the word give, uh, and it was in the past tense. Like I, I do have to acknowledge that while he speaks really 
good English like that. I mean, he could have maybe, do you know what I mean? Sometimes because he's not a natural, like first English speaker, like maybe that was just like, you know, the, the language, like I'm fumbling around just a little bit with it. But, but, uh, I read a lot into that type of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you're using past tense, like you're coming out again, just flat out saying, you know, I'm a winner before I'm anything. Um, there's no other way to interpret that. I don't think. And, and, you know, most, most of us go through this arc of like, you know, you feel like you're invincible when you first come into the league, like, you know, and especially when you're like Giannis and, and, and like you mentioned KD, when you come into the league and you're a Uber star off the rip and your team is vying for, for championships, like you feel invincible in that space. Like, yo, um, I, I did, and I wasn't even a star in the space of, we're just going to keep getting to this point. Like my first experience was going to the NBA championship. So I felt invincible in the sense that we're always going to be in an NBA championship. Like this is what it's going to be. Like, this is how easy it is to get here. And so, you know, I think dudes can feel like that. And that's why they're like, yo, I'm here forever, baby. Like we're always knocking at the door. Like I'm a perennial all-star. We keep, we keep being like right at the precipice or, or winning a championship. This is life. And then you come up and, and then there's that like sense of mortality as it relates to like, Hey, my career's like nine, 10, 11 years deep. You know, other people are, are getting closer to the prize than I am. Like maybe we've floundered a couple years or fallen short. Um, you know, I, I closer to the end than I am to the beginning. I'm a competitor. Hey bro. This is my career and it doesn't last forever. I got to find another situation. And that's natural. Every, like, I think everybody, everyone's a strong word, but most people go through that. Like, especially in today's NBA where there's so much, you know, movement and you're not locked into certain situations for an entire career. So, you know, Giannis will learn like most people learn. You think there are no hard feelings with a fan base. Okay. Go ahead and leave them. Especially go a place like Milwaukee. Go ahead and leave them. Now, you'll still have your fans. There'll be a faction of that you know, fan base that will forever love you. But you will have people <laughs> acting a fool and turning their back on you very quickly when you ain't rocking the Bucks uniform anymore. And that's okay. But most dudes don't think that's possible because they're so beloved and they're just associated with this team in a way that they could never see it being any different. Go ahead and leave them. Well, it's, it's, it's also just like, Giannis is in the unique position where he has seen he was in the league when um, when KD made his move. I'm sure he saw LeBron's decision, like who didn't if you're a hooper, right? Like and the backlash that came with both of those decisions. And those are the most high profile decisions at this point, right? Of just of stars leaving a franchise in a city like say if he also like if he leaves because we're I, I have a couple of teams that like my wish list for Giannis. Um, well, partially my wish list for Giannis. Uh, teams we'd like to see on the real ones of where he'd go. Um, Toronto, that was a pick for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Miami, just like, hey, man, I'd just be fine. I'd be really cool. Um, the New York Knicks, I mean, you know, yeah. And this is a third icon, the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, we kind of just have to do it. I know, I know, I know. But... Say if he went to the Knicks or went to fuck, he he's in Toronto and he's still in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And say all of a sudden, maybe like the the Milwaukee Butts claw and scratch to like an eight seed. 
or they're in the in the playoffs and they see Giannis, they're gonna fucking boo the shit out of him. <laughs> they're going to go at him, bro. Especially if he's in the Eastern Conference. You left us for New York. <laughs> what? No other way around. You left that, us man. for Toronto. You left us for Miami. Like. Do you know the Midwest? They have this inferiority complex, and rightfully so, right? They feel like people think they're better than us. I mean, we saw this. Like, how many jokes did Cleveland get, right? How many, like, at the rest of the, the, you know, like, they got, everybody was making jokes at Cleveland, right? When Especially when LeBron left. They're going to make jokes about Milwaukee. It's not fair, but that's the game. And they already have this built-in, right? And that's And you also know the Midwest. It's a proud region. Very mm-hmm. proud. Um, they love their basketball. They love that. And they also get slighted very easily. The biggest slight will be a generational talent that they don't get very often or have the opportunity to get very often saying, I'm, a, I'm bouncing. And I know and it's early and we haven't seen the reaction just yet because the Milwaukee Bucks haven't played any games. But best believe there's going to be people in Milwaukee in the foe one foe that have that are going to have beef with his comments. Like they're going, it's, they're going to have it. And it's going to be interesting how the fan base is starting to react to this because this isn't one interview. Basically, you know, like Giannis has basically been on a media tour talking about where he doesn't want to go, like where he would or would not go and putting pressure openly on the front office. There's going to be more reporting that comes out from this as the season goes on, but he's brought a lot of this on himself. He's going to bring a lot of the scrutiny on himself for even saying something like this. And he's going to have, a, he's going to, and also the bigger thing, and I, I want you to touch on this. He has been a darling of the league for so long. I am curious to see how he's going to react to being a villain because if he leaves, he's going to be a villain to a certain group of the population for the way it's going to happen. And he's kind of starting to have that heel turn, it seems like. That's going to be interesting, Ra. It, it's going to be fascinating. Like there are a lot of, there's a lot that goes into why he's, you know, been kind of a darling of the league. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's got a great personality. Obviously he is who he is on the floor. Um, you know, but I don't think you can discount the fact that he's been in one place and he basically resurrected the franchise and brought a, a championship and brought it to relevancy for the first time in a long time. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 you know, whether, whether you and I, you know, put a lot of stock in that. There's still a lot of people out there that believe in in that, like f- fanatic fans, right? Like, hey, man, you stick with a team, you come up, like, you know, we weren't good and you brought us that chip and you retire a buck or a Laker or whatever it is. And, you know, that that's a huge part of it too. So to, to be out there, um, you know, on kind of like a, a, a press tour, like saying a lot of things to the, to maybe the contrary of that is really interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know why a Giannis would need to use the media to leverage the like to keep pressure on the bucks. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know that you're you necessarily like just even yeah. just <laughs> existing. You have put pressure on the front office. Yeah. Just go on and talk to those people. So it's, it's kind of almost like he's prepping everybody and like little micro doses. Like, Hey man, like just get, <laughs> just kind of get ready here. I'm letting, I'm letting you guys know this is, I'm, this is like, potential. Even when I read, like I read the New York times article, right? I, I, I read, I read it and the story is supposed to be about, it was written by Tanya Gunguli, uh, the homie. But it was written, if you read the story, it's basically a story about his relationship with his brothers and his business uh, his business ventures and how he wants to grow into a global, uh, just, a, just a, like, you know, LeBron James is like this global business person, right? And that's the story. But 
you do this, you do this photo shoot in Los Angeles. You have somebody, uh, you know, write a really good writer in Tanya. But what's the headline out of this? Giannis Adetokounmpo wants it all, even if it's not in Milwaukee. That's that's the headline of the piece, right? Yeah. Like that's going to be there forever. And you did it didn't necessarily have to be that way, and 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 how you handled it because. You're, the, the Milwaukee fan base is always going to have that headline because yeah. you're even just teetering. You didn't. It didn't have to be in that way, right? And I understand that. Like I understand you're asked a question, you got to answer that question. Hell, I have been on the other end of the the uh, 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 the vitriol you get when you ask a certain question to a certain player about a certain thing, right? And I get it, but there's a way that you could go about it. And he went about it away, and it's fine. But that's going to be it. You don't like that's I mean, I don't know if that's a common misconception or people just you don't have to answer the question that's asked to you. You don't like I went through this. You asked me how my summer was. I went through this all summer with a kid who's starting to to get press and and trying to explain to him, like, listen, man, people are going to ask you different questions. You might not know the motive behind why they're asking the question. So if you're just firing off, you know, hey, I'm going to answer every question as genuine and as forthright as I can be, that can get you in trouble. Like, so let's like you answer questions the way you want to answer them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's, that's media 101 dog. Like you might ask me something I know damn well as a headline. I'm not answering that shit like that. Like I'll, I'll answer it in a way that, that isn't inflammatory and that basically doesn't say anything. And you will, you know, people do all do the other thing. They'd be like, I'll tell you on background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't even get into that because I ain't trust nobody like that. Like I was, I'm just, I'm going to give you the the boilerplate, like, and and yeah, there is a way that Giannis could say these things. That's why I'm saying, like, I agree with you a hundred percent that that it's that it's just a sideways move. Like, you he's he's accomplished enough at a microphone to be able to get up there and not you know not provide headlines that he didn't want to provide. And so then it, it seems it, like he wants to provide these headlines for I don't know what reason, but it seems like he wants to do this because he continues to talk about this. Which takes me back to like, you don't like some people may need that in a negotiation or in a, in a leverage play to keep a team being built around you. You don't, you don't need that. So then you're doing it just because again, sounds like you're just trying to let people know in these little, in these little doses, like, Hey man, like, you know, I love you Milwaukee, but I'm, I'm, I gotta, I gotta go. I've been telling, I've been trying to tell you, y'all wasn't listening, but I've been trying to tell you, but on the flip side of that, like what Milwaukee needs to do, like Adrian Griffin will get his shot at it. Right. I came up with Griff. Griff is, Griff is a class act, man. Griff has been cutting his teeth for years on benches. He's been, you know, an invaluable part of multiple staffs. Like, you know, and Giannis is looking at this not knowing Griff really either and not knowing what Griff can really do. And so, you know, just from Giannis's shoes, you know, we didn't, we didn't get it done. You know, the exit was the exit. Uh, we fired a coaching staff. We got an unproven guy in here. Like, you know, I'm watching that too, just like any other person in in a LeBron or a Giannis or a Luka or or any of their sh- Jokic, any of their shoes, watching it, trying to figure out for myself whether or not I trust it enough to lock back in. Like, is this the place for me? Because ultimately, you know, those dudes are like apex, you know, competitors. Man, they want they they want to win championships. Their legacies are attached to them. Yeah, it's it, it when I the more I think about it, this this seems more like when LeBron left than when KD left. Because it felt like LeBron, and you were in the league, and you were closer to it, but it felt like LeBron was basically using this as his last season in Cleveland was just like, he was kind of just stoking the fire. You know, he would have, he would sit down with a, he had like a sit down with Stephen A, he had to sit down with other people. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. 
you know, like Cleveland, yeah. like all these places, I don't know. And like, would would talk in that way in the and like kind of prepping us. Like, it's not really surprising that he left Cleveland, no matter how much he tries to say that, hey, I would have, I, I wanted to stay. I could, you could, you got why he left and that he was, he, I am of the belief that he knew that he was going to leave before he even did it. Just the way the moves that he was making, because if you, if you're settled, you're not looking for other places to go. You're trying to figure out where you're trying to figure it out yet, figure it out. And I see that with Giannis as well. Just prepping, just like, you know, sprinkling little things. We'll see what happens. If you're in a smaller market, you know, the day and the age where like your marketability suffers because you're in one of those markets, like that's, you know, it's probably gone. Like with, with, with the access that we have and stuff like that. Well, like, I mean, I told you this, I told you this pre-pod. He, like when I was in Athens, he has his whole Adetokounmpo bros, Adetokounmpo right. sportswear store. He's doing right, fine. He's right. But so, so I guess to my point would be like, like if you're in one of those towns and you're winning and it's all good and you just, you know, love being there at the time, because like I can attest to this winning in a place makes winning in a city and, and that time spent winning in a city makes it feel like, like, you know, a certain place. You could leave, come back to that place and be in that same city again and be on a losing team. And that city will feel completely different to you. Cleveland it would, be, it would be correct. It'll feel like something you don't even recognize. And so I say that to say that like you're in Milwaukee, you're winning championships. Like, you know, it doesn't really affect the fact that it's a smaller market affect your marketability and, 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 and your Q rating and all of that. And so it's great. But like, if you, if you're not winning and you're not getting your bite at the championship every year, the one thing those cities can't ever argue is like, look, there, there are places like New York and LA and, and it's not even about marketability. It's just about like what you can do, Miami, what you can get into, like there's, you know, the vibes that are those cities and, and like a Milwaukee or a Cleveland, you know, and they're great places. I lived in Cleveland, but you just can't offer some of those things. Right. And so, you know, that, that's just what it is. All right. You are, I'm giving you the Milwaukee Bucks uniform right now. You're on the Milwaukee Bucks now, Raj. You signed it. You came back out of retirement or whatever. You signed a three-year deal or you're, you're a role player on the, on the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. How are you, what are you thinking about? How does this affect your future or, or at least how you see your future? If I am a, a dude in the Bucks locker room, I am kind of in the mode of, of ownership and of the front office and of Adrian Griffin and of the coaches. Hey man, let's get this shit right. Like, let's go out and be the best version of ourselves. Like, ultimately, we don't control what Giannis is going to do. So trying to do it is going to drive us crazy. But we could control, like, you know, what we do and the support that he gets. And if we get that right, there's a much higher percent chance that he stays. So let's go out there and be great. Let's get dialed in. Let's get locked in. Let's make sure we know what we're doing. Let's let's come to compete every day. Let's foster an environment like of of of, of like brotherhood and 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 all of the things that go into making a place special, right? Because there are a lot of components of making a place special. But let's do that in a way that would give us the best opportunity to convince Giannis that this is the place for him long term, right? And you know, a component of that is winning. A component of that, of that is like you know the locker room and the relationships and so on and so forth. But to whatever degree we can control those things, let's do it. And then, you know, as always in the back of my mind, as, as a professional too, is like, man, I ain't fucking worried about Giannis though. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make sure that, that I'm doing my job in a way that allows me to get another contract too. Yeah. No, like I think that the, the, the biggest thing that like with, with the Giannis situation is 
you have to have a balance as a front office of doing what you think Giannis wants versus what's going to be best for the team, right? Don't get, don't, I, I think there's a thing that the Milwaukee Bucks can go down like the role where they're, you know, where the Cleveland Cavaliers did this before LeBron left, where they're just thinking, doing things that they think appeases LeBron James. Like, I'm going to get an aging Shaq for whatever reason, right? And Or I'm going to get this person, I'm going to get this person because we think that that's what LeBron's going to want. no. Get the best person that suits the roster and who's going to help you win the the game. And you got to balance that with Giannis's feelings. But if Giannis is already like, I might, you know, like I, I might dip, like I am coming as a front office is we are going to build the best version of this team around us, no matter what the circumstances is. Because if these guys play great alongside Giannis, then what is he going to say? We put our best foot forward and we're going and it just didn't work out. But you have to toe that line of best for the team versus what Giannis wants or doesn't want. Because Giannis is like, how are you, like you're a player? There's only so much you can take on as a player. Yeah, no, that's a slippery slope when you get into, you know, we've got this moment in time, this window of opportunity where we think, you know, said star is going to be able to bring us championships, and you know, how do we operate, you know, as a as an organization around that? Are we going to acquiesce to like, you know, his every wish in terms of personnel and, and people that he thinks can, can fit around him? Or are we going to stay true to our vision and, and um, you know, uh, and, and how we think we, we can build around him to support him. Like, you know, that, that is a, a delicate balance. Like, and I think there's a sweet spot in the middle. Like I wouldn't, you know, obviously I'm not a GM and, and uh, you, you, but, but the reality is, you know, you, you don't want to just not have them involved at all where you are, where you're like, yo, dude, here's what I'm giving you live with it. And you're almost obnoxiously doing it, trying to rub his face in the fact that, that, that that's not his job, like shut up and play basketball. Like you don't want to approach it like that, but you certainly don't want to approach it on the other end of the spectrum either, where, you know, you got to run every damn potential target by him in a way that prohibits you from really executing your vision. Because at the end of the day, I'm a professional too. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've come up and I think that I have, you know, vision and can execute. So we're partners in this. So I'm going to, I'm going to target the things that I think can help you. Like I'm going to go out and, and, and try to swing deals and have them in place. And then, you know, I will certainly come to you and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I think this helps you. Here's how we get this done together. What do you think about this? And hopefully you'll trust me in a way. And we've developed that trust over, over, you know, whatever amount of time we've been together where you're going to be like, yo, no, I trust that Raj. Like I I could see that. I could see where that's going. And I've articulated that to you and we've had enough, you know, back and forth where you're like, yeah, I trust you on that. And so let's do this. And that puts us in a space where we're not like mortgaging the future in a way that we can't withstand a loss because I've, I've just bought in a bunch of shit that you've said you wanted. And none of that, I think, you know, is sustainable. And I haven't turned you off either in a way where you're like, yo, man, they can't get it right around me. And so I'm fucking leaving because they won't even, you know, they won't work with me. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So you have to go on about your business and our franchise is still in a place where we can take another step, you know, even even if you're not here. Yeah, it's a, it's the NBA is such a, a, a interesting balance that we can't wait to talk about throughout the season. Um, that has been our little, our, oh, damn, hold on. Before we get out of here, keep all that shit in, you know, a little rusty to start the start the year. It's Monday. Damn. It's it's Thursday. Jeez. It's Thursday. You know it felt like means. a Monday. Mm. Felt like a Monday. Whew. But you know what that means, Roger. We got to crown a real one of the week. 
Let me go first. I don't know dog. if you, you want to go first. Go, right, go ahead. I'm go. All right, take I'm, it. I'm, hey, take the rock. I'm my slug. I'm, I'm going. You're on the, the wing. I'm off the way. I'm, the, All right, I'm I, got, out. I got a lot. I got a lot of candidates for this one, man. Like I've I've got a lot of candidates for this one, but but there's one clear cut favorite for me, and you know, yesterday I got a chance to go up to Washington D.C. Uh, you know, to visit my grandmother who turned 97 years young yesterday. Mm. Uh, actually, she's up in Gaithersburg, Maryland, Marianne Champion. She's my nanny affectionately. Um, I've told this story before. Like my nanny was a ride or die. I was in the USBL playing in Atlantic City. Um, I, a fight kind of broke out. Me and I dunked. The guy undercut me. I came down off the rim. He was in my space. I jabbed him. Before I knew it, you know, the stands had cleared. And so as I backed up to half court, I bumped into somebody. I turned around and it was my nanny and her sister in there swinging pocketbooks and, and hitting go. people. And so mm -hmm. my nanny turned 97 yesterday. I got to spend the day with her up, uh, up in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I love her. And so she's my real one of the week. Marianne Champion. The God. That's what's up. That's what's yep. up. Speaking of G's, I'm going to go with one Denzel Washington. Yes, sir. I saw the Equalizer 3, my first Equalizer of the trio. I just went to go watch it. And just like your granny, I know. I understand. I know. I need to That's lock in with Robert equal, Did you say it was my first, first Equalizer? It's my first Equalizer. <laughs> it's my first Equalizer. <laughs> Bro, I was like, I saw a couple weeks ago, I was like, uh, uh uh, the director of the film was doing something with Rich Eisen. It was, I was like on YouTube and I was like, oh, we got to go watch it. So we went to go watch it um, mm. <laughs> a couple weeks ago. And like your granny was just like with pocketbooks and shit. Robert McCall, a.k.a. Roberto, a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Roberto in, the, in Equalizer 3, was knocking motherfuckers down. It was just, <laughs> just, oh my God. It was so cheap. It was just, oh my. Have you seen the film? Have you seen the film yet, Rob? Oh, I've seen the film. I saw it the day it came out. You saw out. Yeah, Equalizer I'm, I'm 3? Equalizer oh, okay. Film. All right, you yeah. locked in? Yeah. Bro, what he puts the fucking, he just finds just different ways to kill people for the good yeah. of humanity, okay? He's like, when he starts off and he goes in his Denzel bag and he's like, you know, I really like it here. I really love it here where I'm at. <laughs> And you're not going to ruin that for me. You're not going to ruin that for me, bro. No. Like, I know why you love this one. Cause you're, you could be an old curmudgeon at times. that will <laughs> fuck somebody up for what you believe in just to have peace. <laughs> and I really saw that in Denzel in that movie. And he reunited yeah. with Dakota Fanning. It was great. It was so good. I didn't have no context of what shit was going on. So I was like, we got to watch the first, first two equalizers. So that's, yeah, you, you, that hey, you need, you need to see number one. I mean, <laughs> two, two was good too, but no, I think number one, number one is, where is well, that? on rewatchables, the streets say that two is the best. So really, what, what, yeah, Bill and uh, I forgot who else was doing the uh, rewatchables. That they was talking about how two is the best. But two are you saying good. one is okay? Two had right. two had a little bit more like uh, I think you know you know plot twist type of stuff. Like I guess for movie aficionados, but in terms of like one was tough. I liked one. Okay, you just like see it, bro. I just love action movie Denzel, bro. Like even in the part where in Equalizer Three, where he's just showing us that he's still him. Like he's running up a whole fucking mountain to get to the church just to talk to Dakota Fanning for like just to like you know lock in and coordinate you know compare notes. Mm -hmm. Like he's but he's still running up the thing. Like that's like when you go back to the to the uh, to the to the uh, L.A. Fitness and just like you know I got to get I got to show these motherfuckers just real quick. We do want to have court, but I'm gonna show these motherfuckers real quick. I still got the jumper, like you know, it was it was it was, it was great. Denzel Washington, ruin of the week. Mm. All right, so we will be back. We are taking this is news to Raja. Like uh, we are we are going to take a quick break. Another break. We'll be back on September 25th. 
um, on Monday for that one. So, and then we will be going back on our regular schedule soon. But you know, we just had to come back real quick and show you guys some. Um, that has been uh, another edition of Real Ones. We will talk to you guys really, really soon. Happy to be back in the lab. Talk to y'all soon. Ah, ah, ah all the shits. Bye. <laughs>